This is Sitting at the Table, and I am Eli Galan, and I'm here joined with Esteban Galan and Jesus Beltran. Hey, how's it going? And we are doing a little mini-series here on what is Christianity, and so we're going to be going over several um, big uh, discussion points on just talking on these topics that are very broad, and so we're just going to go very much on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because like we were writing out these questions, and we figured we could do it all in one podcast, but... That definitely ended up not being the case, especially when you're trying to talk about a, such a broad subject of what is like all this about. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I, I hope you guys enjoy it. This is the first series. We're going to be talking about like just the main point of like Christianity and the main point of like what Jesus came to do. So, uh, I mean, hopefully that's uh, specific enough. I really doubt it will be, but um, here we go. And so, again, joining me is Esteban Galan from the Methodist Church and... United, United Methodist. Methodist Church. Okay, United Methodist Church and Jesus Beltran hey. from Calvary Chapel. Yo. The non-denom. The non-denom. That's a denomination, sort of. And then we have me. I'm from um, the Pentecostal Church Assemblies of God um, denomination. And the one in Portland Heights. Yeah, uh, Highway yeah. Worship Center. And so today what we wanted to share with you guys is we wanted to talk about what is Christianity and like – that's a weird way to put it. Yeah. Because like I just wanted to be a little bit more specific than that because not only do I want to talk about what is Christianity, but like what is the point right. of being a Christian mm-hmm. and, and like, yeah, I, just, mm-hmm. I guess that's basically what I, I was the exactly. one that um, thought yeah. of this topic for the, this podcast. And the reason why is because like, I mean, we've already made like two podcasts trying to talk about like um, these different topics, but I feel, I feel like it's really important to at least get to like close to the foundation of like where we each come from and that way we can kind of get a better understanding of like why we end up taking like different stances um i i just thought it would be a good topic to just like try to like make a base out of everything else even though it wasn't our first one but no yeah. oh well we're yeah. still we're still yeah. learning and we're still putting things together right. so i think what before we start saying our specific ideas of what christianity is we should what, what do we think the consensus of like what people perceive christianity to be well consensus well yeah like, what like is when, the, when, when when other people hear the word christianity or, or christian what 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 do people think of well let's be aside right. from right. no you're right let's you, let's just stick to like the, the ins- scholarly idea of <laughs> i'm surprised you have no idea what i'm talking about well you're thinking like what does like like if somebody were to hear the typical viewpoint of yeah right but let's just oh, focus on what the definition of christianity looks like right now and right now it's a mono the theist um faith uh, from the Abrahamic uh, Arabic uh, faith traditions, mm-hmm. and so um, that that I think is the first uh, global understanding of what Christianity is. Right, where ancient single God uh, faith that comes from the Middle East and specifically Arabic. Mm-hmm. Traditions. Well, even like an even more casual one. I'm not sure exactly what your question was. It's just like it's like these people who believe in God and like Jesus and the Bible is something is like I don't know. Their yeah, <laughs> I think that's a good one. Yeah, you did answer Me what I was to asking. Quote them. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, yeah, obviously, right. there's a whole different viewpoints. <laughs> and so, from history, I think the best way to find the answer to this is to find out where Christianity began where it started and who started it, why did it start? Mm-hmm. And so let's start with where did it come from? Uh, what I'm um, talking like what area, what time? Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it's a shame that nobody here is Jewish because this is that's where yeah. our Jewish friends would actually have a greater context for all of us. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, <clears throat> at least from my understanding, the historical Jesus is where um, I probably would answer this question. Would be we're dealing in an age now where this time uh, the nation of Israel, as it was, um, has been. Uh, occupied once again, but this time by the Roman Empire. And this time, um, more oppressed in the nature of, uh, you know, the formal uh, government that we understand today. <clears throat> and so the Roman Empire uh, is occupying the Holy Land, and um, uh, there's definitely a um, this constant... Uh, Concern about the occupation amongst the people, especially the lower class people, and um, there's just a rather um, this uh, satisfying um, nature among the people where they're not sure what to do now. Right? They know they everybody desires freedom in their own um, level of sovereignty, and so now you kind of have the Jewish people talking about what. Does it look like for us to honor God and serve God and also be stuck in this Roman occupation? So Christianity kind of comes out of that as this piece of a revolution that we talk about. The Messiah, which arguably gets into a lot of um, controversy, and this is why a lot of people split up in faith tribes at this moment. It's because this one man who was leading a political revolution and claiming himself to also be the Messiah, which leads mm -hmm. us to the beginning and the birth of Christianity. Right, right. Well, I mean... Go ahead. Yeah, I think you're pretty spot on in that. Like, at that moment, um, as like we would call, like, around, you know, 0 AD, um, the, the people, the Jewish people were waiting. They were waiting for, um, I mean probably just like, you know, a, a new prophet from God to come, um, whether it be the Messiah, whether it be, you know, some prophet to witness to that, um, they were just waiting for God to finally do something about it. I mean, um, I know there's a, a few different sects, some that were like trying to seek like some kind of revolt or were ready for some kind of revolt. Other ones like the Sadducees uh, were trying to kind of um, conflate, I guess, Judaism with the Roman Empire and try to combine that and just like uh, I don't know just just grow in that itself. So um, you definitely see a place where like people are um, the promises of God or from what they from what they understand and were gone and they were just waiting for liberation. They were waiting for um, salvation. Um, I mean, I, I guess in like a physical sense from from the empire and. Um, yeah, they're waiting for a break, I guess. <laughs> okay, and then so looking at the questions that we have prepared for to help us define what Christianity is makes me chuckle a little bit because these questions that are being asked can be whole episodes in themselves. <laughs> um, the first one being, what did Jesus come for? <laughs> And and this yeah, one, I'll take the blame for that. I, would, I mean, I was I don't know. So let's just try to keep try to keep this uh, to as contextual as we can to what we're talking about specifically oh, on what hard. is Christianity. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I do want to throw this out there. Um, I'm I'm sorry. I apologize that I didn't explain what 
uh, our, our current thoughts on what Christianity is. And, and so I'm just going to put this out there. Um, Christianity is a lifestyle. It's, it's a way of being. It's, it's, you know, it's who you are. It's, it's what you are and it's what you do. And so speaking in that kind of manner, what did Jesus come for? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I'll go first. Yeah. I'll go first. Um, I, I think uh, we can explain. I can explain this in like a lot of different ways. I feel like he did a lot of different things. Um, one of the main ones being, I mean, is to save people, um, and I guess I want to say that in every sense of the word. Um, I mean, um, I mean, physically, uh, mentally, emotionally, uh, spiritually. Um, especially with their relationship with God. Um, maybe a bit less, like, physically so. Um, I have some scriptures just here just to reference to, um, you know, you hear John the Baptist in John 1 saying, you know, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Um, you, you hear about Jesus uh, mentioning various times about how he is uh, going to be killed. He's going to be, um, you know, lifted up. Like, um, you know, he, he makes that reference in, to Exodus about uh, just like the snake was lifted up on the snake, he would be lifted up. And so um, if you allow me to interject here, yeah, um, the, these verses kind of seem pointed at the specific part of the crucifixion and, and the yeah. resurrection. And so when you're talking about people being healed, saved, um, uh, you're, you're referring to the crucifixion and resurrection, is correct? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, um, I, I'm pretty. I, I guess I'm a bit more textualist um, when when it comes to just reading the Bible, and with that, um, I mean, you read through the Gospels and you see like Jesus's focus is about um, him dying on the cross and coming back again, and, and with that, um, sure, you know, like the most important thing is like uh, you can see him trying to restore, um, you know, bring this. Uh, I guess pay the ransom. For the people, and, and it's a very spiritual kind of thing that he's trying to solve. But uh, with that, like um, he saves people um, in their relationship with God. But out of that comes healing in a lot of different ways, emotionally, um, from just the fact of people who are so um, convicted and feel like they're so um, you know forgotten in their own sin. Um, I mean, I, I have a few other verses to. Um, to explain, but I mean, that, that's not necessary. I, I think like people can read for themselves, like, you know, kind of what the story is, but that's definitely like wh- where I come from. That's definitely where I see Jesus putting the focus on, um, and kind of, um, always, uh, hinting at to, um, you know, as, as he keeps on telling his disciples that he's going to die uh, and rise again. And then they kind of just avoid it. And he makes these references to Jonah. Um, I mean, uh, yeah. That's pretty much sums up like what I think Jesus came for. So I I probably definitely take a very different take. In fact, I would say that Jesus very minimally ever talked about his death and resurrection. In fact, what I find actually very important is that probably the difference between you and I is while you guys, when most Christians in America have like taken a traditional view of taking a look at the the resurrection and the salvation of Christ. Um, we're not, I'm not, this, I'm not bringing any new age Christianity. This is, this is, comes from very old traditions of, we actually really focus on just the life of Jesus Christ, um, and what he was looking to do. And then the reason why is because you think about his first sermon, first sermon on the mount, and he talks about the beatitudes. Hmm. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the meek. You know, blessed are the sick. And 
so he was very much talking to he was he got up there on the mountain and he, he preached about justice and what is our role in it and but more importantly I think he came to bring hope hope to a people who had lost it all who had lost hope in God and uh, were looking on their own inward um, solutions to this problem that they were suffering and whether it be the Roman occupation or the misery and pain in their own lives. And and I think about this all the time because <clears throat> you think about the parables he told. And I, I love I love Jesus' parables because, it, I mean, the whole idea of a parable and the reason why Jews taught in that uh, specific tradition was to help you think. But the reason why I believe Jesus really focused on the way we were living our lives and not, don't get me wrong, there's a spiritual context to his death and resurrection. But... I believe mere Christianity is more focused on what his preachings were because there are definitely, um, I, w- I would offer the question, did Jesus have to die in order for Christianity to exist? Would, would Jesus have to die for us to be able to have a relationship with God? And I think the very clear answer is no, because there are people, even Gentiles, who had relationships with God way before Jesus even um, came to earth. So a relationship was possible. So this idea of needing to have blood or a sacrifice to create a bridge doesn't sit within my theological understanding of Jesus. So which, what about like, um, you were talking about how parables were, were made because that's the way people could understand it and to, for people to right. think about it. And so, so would you say that the same way Jesus dying was kind of like the way where people could like understand and relate to it to make sense of it? Yes, but... I don't, and I believe that was a very huge piece of why it happened, but I don't think it needed to happen. Like, just as every parable was taught, not everyone needed to hear every parable. In fact, many people only had pieces of the gospel in the time. Like, uh, I, I, I reject the idea that, you know, Christianity is just merely about Christ because you could never read the Bible and be a Christian. Because for centuries, we had Christians who had never seen Scripture before. We had first century Christians who were not even allowed to see the scriptures because they were not from the right tribe. So here are people who are Christians, but they're not Bible-believing because they don't have a Bible to believe in. And so I, these are very important to me because when we start realizing it, it's more about how Jesus taught us how to live, how he taught us to live in a kingdom of God and not just the kingdom of man. And so, like, those parables, I think, like, the most popular parable of all time is the prodigal son, right? And we all get caught up in this idea that we always place ourselves in whom? We always place ourselves in the younger son. Mm-hmm. Because we all see ourselves as sinners. But when he told this story, that's not what he was focusing on. Because where does the story end? It ends on the older brother. It ends on the older brother. For those of you who have not heard this story, this story is about um, uh, two brothers and their relationship with their father, who they worked on the father's estate, and eventually the younger brother got restless and he wanted to experience, he wanted to travel the world, experience what is out there, and not just work at home. Um, so he asked for his part of the inheritance, and his father gave it to him, and he went off. And he had the time of his life. Eventually, though, he squandered it, and he ended up poor. 
poorer than poor. He ended up, uh, I mean, sleeping with the pigs. And in that time, that was a very huge mm -hmm. uh, social taboo. Right? Pigs were really dirty. So the fact that you would even be in the same pen with a pig, that's mm -hmm. the most degrading thing you can do. Well, eventually, he's like, you know what? Going back and working as a slave to my father would be better than staying in this pig pen. So he goes back home hoping that his dad would just just give him enough grace to be able to go home and work as a slave, as a servant. But as he discovers, as he starts approaching the land, his father has already started running towards him because he saw him in the distance and hugs him, embraces him, places his coat over him, places a ring on his finger. Mm -hmm. And that's very symbolic. That's saying when he placed that ring on his finger, he was saying, you're going to do business for my house. You're going to be signing the checks. You're going to be making executive decisions. So he, he got his old inheritance back, and he also got privilege as he came back home. This is a story that's celebrated throughout Christianity. However, and a lot of people stop right there, except it doesn't. The story continues to where... Um, the father decides to throw a huge party for his son, who had just returned, and um, asks the servants to go slay the fattest calf that they have. And they're going to have a little party. While they're having a party, the older brother, who had been working on the estate, hears about a party happening back at the main house. He asks the servant, what's going on? And the servant went ahead and asked him, well, how do you not know? Have you heard your... Your brother's back. Your dad has killed the fattest calf to have a party. Little salty older brother was like, what the heck? Uh, <laughs> he, he wouldn't go inside. He, he, he was upset. Because here he was, who had served his dad his entire life. And my little brother who went off and made a mess of himself is being celebrated. Well, eventually... The father finds out that he's not coming inside, so he goes outside, and he's like, hey, come on inside. We're having a party. Your brother is back home. And then the older brother shares his grievances about, hey, what the heck? I've been here this entire time, and I haven't even had uh, a, a, a goat to slave for my, have a little tiny coffee party with my friends. And so then after... Um, once again, his father invites him inside. That's where the story ends. We don't really find out whether or not he goes inside to celebrate his brother or not. We don't get told that because I think that's where Jesus really wanted us to ponder for a moment. And why I think the story is really important for us is because this story is for us who are privileged. I specifically think about the American church. We can be a part of celebrating people's lives. Or we can sit and pout that I don't have enough. And so many times we like to think that the gospel is about saving us. And not many times do we ever think about that the gospel is telling us to save others. And so the story, the life of Christ is what I emphasize, what, me, what makes a Christian a Christian. And it really means you have to be self-aware of who you are. What place in this world are you? Are you oppressed? Are you privileged? What kind you have to uh, wait for it. We have to check our privilege because we really do need to stop and figure out what does the story of God mean for us.
um, I, I, I got stuck on one of the first things you said, um, which was like, well, I guess you reiterate at the end, like you're, you're focused on the life of Christ, not, not just you yeah. know, this fact of how he dies. And it's funny because like, I honestly think like, like that's not like too different than like from like where I'm coming from. And what I mean by that is like, I, I guess, um, all of these things, all of those deeds, um, all of these things that God called us to do, um, we, we ought to do those. Um, but I guess my, my foundation to do those is, is my faith in Jesus. Um, if that makes any sense. So, um, I, I guess when I, when I talk about like Jesus's death and resurrection, um, I, I mean, by, by, I guess like, obviously like, you know, uh, he, he is paying our debt. He's, um, saving us from our own sin. Um, but I, I certainly agree with you that it, that it's so much more, um, than just that simple fact too, that it goes on to, um, living this life that God, that Jesus called us to do, um, which is to like, you know, as much as, as much as we are thankful for that, to, to, to love others and to give and to give freely and, and to not worry about, um, the things that like we won't have, or like, you know, what does that parable say? You know, um, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is giving. Um, so I, I think like, I think we're really like close there, I guess maybe like the foundation, though? not even the foundation's a bit different. Um, but uh, even with that being said, like, I, I certainly um, don't think any of those other things are, are less important. Like not at all. I mean, if at all, if you are a believer, like, well, then start taking those steps. Like, you should be going on from the fact, like, oh, I'm saved. I'm good to go. My relationship with God is great, so I'm just going to keep it like that and, uh, you know, whatever. Um, Christianity, Jesus um, calls us to live a life so much more than that of, um, of you know, not, not just embracing him and not embracing the good things that he can bring us. Uh, but to share that, I think of, um, it's in Mark, and I, and I can't remember, where uh, there's a demon-possessed man, and, and Jesus um, heals him and, and removes that possession. And um, people are astonished because he's sitting and eating in his right mind. And, you know, uh, Jesus starts to head off. And that man desperately wants to follow Jesus. Like, here, like, follow Jesus. But Jesus tells him not to, but instead to start, like, telling the people of the town and around about what Jesus did for him. Um, my point being, I guess, I, I completely agree with you that it, it's so much more than just, um, you know, oh, I have a debt. Oh, all right, I got a you know, guy is going to forgive my loans, <laughs> I guess, in that kind of transactional sense. It's so much more than that. Um, and it's, it's so much deeper than that, too. And it doesn't even have to be that. Um, for, it can be such a simple faith. It can be such a simple faith that people can have in Jesus. Not of, okay, uh, I'm a sinner and I'm saved by grace. And, like, the way that works is, like, Jesus is, like, the substitute. Like, it, all those doctrines are awesome. But it's so much more simpler than that. And just say, like, just believe in Jesus, believe in this person and, and this, this what he teaches. I don't and know. I, I, I have to say, I don't know because uh, it, would, it would be, I think it would be a mistake to just say, because I believe in this figure, 
I mean, you have to know what you're believing in. You so know? you're saying Prayer. it's more than just saying, I believe in Jesus Christ. You're oh, saying yeah, yeah. There's... No, yeah, sorry. Um, I, I guess what I'm saying is, like, it, it doesn't have to be so, like, doctrinally coherent in order for you to be saved. It just has to be, like, it can be as simple as, like, um, Bartimaeus, the blind beggar. He, he cries out to the son of David, save me. And, and, and Jesus says that, like, you know, because of faith, you're healed. And, and he believed in him. And, and like, he, he maybe knew a lot about Jesus. He maybe didn't. But it, he did have this faith that Jesus could take care of him, that Jesus was the person to go to. Anyways, yeah. Okay, guys. What, in your opinion, is the main point of Jesus Christos movement? <laughs> well, quite simply, to come and for the oppressed, the poor... The slave, the prisoner, to set them free. Okay. I'm sorry I'm going to stop you right there, but I like that one-sentence answer. Can you give me a one-sentence answer, kind of, almost, of what's the main point? If you had a one thing of, like, and I know uh, I know that's not the, way, it's not, <laughs> not the way it works, but, like, you know, in regards of, like, what is the most important thing? Like, and, and God does have a most important kind of things because he did, okay. does give us that, that's, a, hey, this I, is I, the I greatest do commandment. <laughs> To bring people to God. I mean, okay. All right. It's, <laughs> that's so broad. Yeah. 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 You know, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I honestly, so with, you with, can... with you, what yeah. you said, like, um, sorry. No, go ahead. I guess I would go even further than that, like, to, to save, like, to save everybody. I mean, uh, definitely the, the oppressed. I mean, Does I mean, everybody need to be saved? Everybody needs to be saved. Everyone needs to be saved well, in the way you, of, yeah. I need Jesus. Um, well, do we? Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know. I think, I think of the parable, and, and well, it's not even a parable. It's, it's this rich man comes to Jesus, bows down, and says, what must I do to inherit life, or to enter life? And, and I mean, I think about that, and, like, Jesus even says, like, <clears throat> you know, oh, how difficult it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom. And he says, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle. Uh, I guess my point being, like, not even, not even that guy. Um, could have, and, and the reason why is because I think I think everybody needs to be saved. Um, it's just the thing is that like Jesus only saves like is saving the people who who think they need it. <laughs> and what I mean by that is like Jesus says, uh, what does he say? Um, when he's like, I, I didn't come to heal. Uh, physicians, people go to the doctor because they're sick. He's yeah, like, I, I came to save um, sinners, and not to mean that um, there are people who aren't sinners, but to mean like I came to save people who who recognize that they, they need me that they that they need Jesus. Yeah, and so. Um, but I mean, you're looking. You do you. Okay, if you have a verse, go. Or I really want to hear it. Go ahead. Yeah, go. That's you, Esteban. Okay, so no, I I have to disagree because not everybody need. There's a there's a period of um. I'm, I'm trying to find the exact question, but the, but here's the here's the question that I'm going to throw out. Okay. I can't stand with you and say that everybody needs saved by Jesus Christ. Because what are people who have never met Jesus? Mm. Whenever you're going to have the opportunity to meet Jesus, right. are they not going to have the opportunity to be saved? That's And Jesus yeah. does answer this question. Mm. And uh, I just want to define that scripture really fast so that I don't get persecuted over here. Mm-hmm. But um, So you're pointing out that um, the people that like will never have the opportunity to 
have someone say, "Do you know Jesus?" Yeah, the type tribes situation. living in, in the Amazon forest. Or exactly. yeah, right, yeah. right. And but 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 more mm-hmm. importantly, like here's the thing: like people were having relationships with God before Jesus. Yeah. Like yeah. The, you know, we we make such um, you know evil characters out of you know the rabbis yeah. of the time and of the um, all the religious leaders of the time. But they had a relationship with Christ. But maybe it wasn't Jesus, you know? Like, and and this is a very controversial topic, I know, mm-hmm. among the Christian yes. com- because world. But, <laughs> but it's something we need to start really considering because um, where... Where do we come up with this idea other than one basically verse that says, "Knowing on the way, on the truth, on the life, no one gets to the kingdom, except or to my Father, except through me." Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but what are we talking about here? You know, and we talk about like. Um, so are you like going against like the Jesus's the whole. Jesus is the only way to God. Are you are you speaking against that? I'm speaking against that because Jesus mm-hmm. also admitted that there are people out there. So he basically poses this thing. This instead of always trying to bring Jesus to people, what if you start looking for Jesus in cultures already? Like what if you went into the Hindu culture? Instead of trying to just like make Jesus happen, what if you start looking for Jesus as, well, what Jesus and God is the Holy Spirit is already doing there? You'll be surprised. And um, we have got to back up a little bit because first, we can't just go into this. God God is like the only person who decides what the kingdom holds for people. And number one, like that's a whole other conversation of, well, what does it mean to be saved? Does that mean now I get to go to heaven? Does heaven even exist for all Christians? And because there are Christians out there that don't believe in heaven. And, um, I mean, because we have to get down to the exact definitions. You know, we talked about, you know, Jesus' resurrection was really important. And, um, but what, what, what was Jesus' resurrection? Was it his body? Or was it his movement? You know, either, yeah. Is, it, is this a good time? Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a good so, question. <laughs> um, so... Just in case anyone is wondering, I mean, I intentionally am avoiding trying to quote uh, the Apostles <laughs> or Paul. <laughs> and my reason why is because I, I know your, your thoughts. And I know that um, you, you look at Scripture in a very different way that I do. Um, and especially the Apostles. Um, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Am I, am I right about that? Paul versus the Gospels, yes, they do speak. About the story very differently, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, so, like, you you definitely have a different stance. Um, I lost my points. I, I think I was just going to say that, so go on with what you're saying. <laughs> well, um, I, I guess yeah. I, I, I think about that, and it's it, it flies. It, it definitely does... Um, fly in the face of like some of the stuff Paul says. I mean, if you, if you hold Paul to, to be scripture, word of God, I mean, it's, there's, it's, it's clear that, I mean, that, that, that wouldn't go right. And even with the words of Jesus, well, like you mentioned, like, you know, 
I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Um, I mean, no one can get to the Father except through me, if I'm not saying it wrong. I mean, Jesus also says, it's like, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. Um, Jesus says, like, you know, wide is the gates that leads to destruction, but, uh, you know, narrow is the door that leads to um, life. Um, I, I am definitely with you about, you know, we can't really condemn people. We, we can't say, uh, we're not the arbiters of, like, you're safe and you're going to hell. But I, I, I stand... I don't think we were ever, like, trying to be that anyway. Were we? I don't, uh, I, maybe well, not at this table, well, you, but... Yeah. But there's definitely... A, you there's a modern... Are, yeah. There's a modern Christian movement from about the 1950s in America mm-hmm. that has been really trying to define this because apparently this, for some folks, they need this to, to validate why they are doing what they are doing rather than taking the value of... I mean, just following the first prayer that we were taught, the, um, you know, serve God with all your heart, mind, and strength. You know, this is the first, like this is the first prayer that you know we learn in like Deuteronomy, and um, yeah. and then Jesus takes it that one step more, and he's like, and love people. Mm-hmm. He adds people at the end, and. I think that is what we is the foundation of Christianity, Christianity as a whole. Like that's what Jesus did. I mean, we think about what he what See, he was doing. He took the Torah yeah. and he was like, "This has been all about you. You made this relationship with God about you. I'm telling you now that it's not just about you. It's about everyone. It's all of us." And he took this very selfish nature of Israel and says, it's for everyone. And I can agree with that because, I mean, stating what is your greatest commandment kind of reinforces that. You know, it's love God above all else and then love others as, as well. And so, like, mm-hmm. that's, that totally reinforces that. And, and so I don't disagree with you. Well, okay, like... <clears throat> I, I'm not sure what you guys exactly mean by that, so I can be, like, wrong in my assumption, but, like, um, of what I'm assuming you guys think um, you mean by that. But even that, like, it, it depends on your perception of, like, uh, what God's desires are for you, what God's will is. And that that, that can even, like, sort of define what, what love is and what Jesus meant by love, um, if, if that makes sense. But um, to go back on your other point, like, um, and you can disagree with me, and, and, and make your point after. But um, one of the most convicting things, uh, besides John fourteen six, which is, you know, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, uh, besides the narrow door parable, um, is when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, it, to me, this seems like one of the most clear things uh, about just, I guess, the exclusivity of Jesus Christ as opposed to anything else. And, you know, everyone knows the situation. Jesus is praying in the Garden. Because he knows what's going to happen. Um, the Bible says, you know, he's, he's sweating, if I'm not wrong, <laughs> he's sweating like um, blood. blood. And um, so uh, let, me, let me just read this because uh, this is uh, personally to me very powerful when I, when I was uh, really thinking about this question as well um, a long time ago. Um, Matthew 26, verse 39, he says, Going a little further, he fell on his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. 
uh, yet not as I will, but as you will. Obviously, he's talking about how he's going to die. Obviously, um, this man part of him doesn't want to go through it and knows the pain and knows the stress that's going to go with it. And, and he, he's asking, he prays to God that if, the cup, if it's possible for this cup, for this work that he's going to do, if it's possible to pass from him, if there's like another way um, about, of going about mm-hmm. it to make it, um, but, but that doesn't happen. Um, after he says, you know, he, he goes, he turns to his disciples, found them sleeping, you know, can you watch with me for an hour, he said. Um, and he said, you know, to Peter, watch and pray, they say that you'll fall into temptation, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Uh, verse 42, he went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it is possible for this cup to be taken, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Um, I, I think about that, it's, it's, it's very, and, and you know, I think it, it's different because you don't think that, that, that this part of it is something that's like, um, I guess something that really happened. I mean, I can be wrong, um, or it, something it that happened. needed, that, that yeah. needed to happen. But definitely, no. if, you, if you're taking this, this word, if you're taking the, this gospel, and if Jesus um, was really saying these words, um, and, and if he's saying, I mean, if he's saying all these other parables, there's no reason not to think he's not saying these words as well. Um, how can you not take that to, to be something that, that just shows how this needed to happen, how, how Jesus needed right. to do this? Um, all this to say, humbly, I, I am a, I'm an amateur scholar, but I do come to the simple fact that um, when it comes to people who've never heard the gospel, I have to trust that surely the God of the universe will do what is just, as um, mm-hmm. as Abraham says in, in Genesis 18. Um, he made that reference, you know, talking about how God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But, <clears throat> I mean, th- that's where I'm coming from. I mean, I, I, yeah. you know, Lord knows, I, I can be wrong, but, I mean, that, that's what Scripture says. So, well, the Scripture that. says, it, I, for, for this is where I'm, how I read that moment. Mm-hmm. That moment is... A moment of Jesus' agony, okay? So what, what it allows us to do is this is the humanity in him, his fear of death, um, which is really important for us to see mm-hmm. if we're going to believe that Jesus is fully man. And I see it as just another prayer, like, God, I don't want to die. But if he has that, I don't want to die, is there any other way? That's kind of saying, yeah, this needs to happen because there is no other way. You do need to die. This is going to happen. And, and, and his, well, I mean, his desperation but, but shows it, that, it, like, how, but, but, how imperative okay. that but, moment okay. is. But now we're about to get into a conversation of, like, <laughs> um, are we now saying that Jesus knew about every single event along the way? And if we do say that, then, then it takes away some of his humanity. And so what I, I then what do you think he was referring to? Like if he didn't know that that was going to happen, what is he so upset about? What is he sweating he knows, up blood he from? Do, he knows he's going to die. And you think about it, he, he he's in fear for all of his followers. I mean, he's a leader of this revolution, this political and spiritual revolution, and. and I mean, think about this. I mean, people really don't ever soak this in, but. If I may, and forgive me if this hurts some of our listeners, but like, 
you know, the um, prophet Joseph Smith is not a very popular person in modern day Christian story, <laughs> right? He he got persecuted. He got murdered. He got chased down. His people got perse- persecuted. Jesus was a Joseph Smith at the time. He was a self-proclaimed prophet. prophet. Even worse, Messiah, who's calling him on ancient scripture, saying he is the son of God. Yeah. He's and, he's, of that. <laughs> and he is then taking the ancient scripture and basically tearing it apart and saying all of that is gone now. This is so a you're new saying way because, to because he was so... Controversial, like because of that, he understood why he understood what was about to happen. And in fact, when you go to his trial, he doesn't ever say anything except for one time. And and they ask him, "Are you or are you not the Son of God?" And he lifts up his head. So who do you say I am? So he, he knew what the persecution was about. He knew what the crucifixion was going to be about. And it was because he was taking an attack on people's faith and their way of life. And, and we don't like to talk about Jesus in that way because it makes us feel dirty. But, but that's exactly what we did. We took Jewish yeah. culture and we destroyed it and called it our own. And so, um, no, Jesus knew what was ha- about to happen. Not because he was God, but because he is a smart guy. And he's a rabbi. He went to school his entire life. You know, he he studied. He was studying scriptures day in and day out, and so he, yeah. I yeah. I don't know. I I, I guess what do you do? You disagree, do you disagree with that on on um, like that Jesus was there taking down the these laws, these Jewish laws, and like just changing the way of from from of being for a lot of people. From um, from the typical like scrab scra- scrabs <laughs> Pharisees and scribes perspective, he certainly was just tearing up the law. But, well, not even well, for everyday Jewish people, because well, it, it, I mean, what, what I mean can... is what I mean is Jesus himself um, says that like you know um, not one iota, not one dot from the law will pass, or you know um, I, I can I can't find the passage somewhere in here, <laughs> um, oh. but I mean like he he came to fulfill the law. Matthew 5. <laughs> okay, okay, but that is but but, 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 but problem with that but, is uh-huh. this, is that all it is is he knows the scripture very well. He does. And so he used it for his advantage. And you know what? The, the devil does this too. The Satan is really freaking good. He knows the scripture inside and out. In yeah, fact, yeah, when yeah. he starts tempting Jesus, what it. does yeah. he do? Yeah, he quotes, quotes scripture to tempt Jesus. Of course. Mm-hmm. Look, this is what the Bible says. And so that's why I'm very adamant about getting to the contextual pieces of each scripture because it's a, Satan uses right. quotes. And that's why like, I get really you know, uncomfortable sometimes when people are like to use scripture for the sake of, you know, God doesn't give you anything more than you can handle. That's, that's uncomfortable. Yeah, that's not yeah. biblical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, you know? That's not. <laughs> it's like, yeah. but people do. People do that. And that's, mm-hmm. so, like, that's uh, and my fear too is like, as we as Christians start to try to like, oh, we try to like dissect this and try to unpack this and like, mm-hmm. this is what it means to be a part of God's, you know, body, uh, his kingdom. Mm-hmm. We are slowly doing what the Jews did in the early, I mean, because, because that's exactly what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We start, we took this story that God, this God story of saying, 
Let's have a relationship. It doesn't matter if you're mm-hmm. a man or a woman. But eventually, the Jewish culture interceded that, and we started creating a faith, a way to follow God. And what happened was, we got it so wrong that God had to send Jesus yeah, to come I th- I to think redirect I see where you're going us. With this. And, 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 and I think about this all the time. So you're saying that that could be happening with that this modern Modern Christianity, Christianity we're doing the exact now. same thing. We took this story of Jesus where he came to free us from this religious bearing of how we're supposed to live and believe and seek God and said, look, it's not about whether or not you have, you know, uh, foreskin or not. But it's about uh, don't I had to bring it because it's funny and it's in the Bible. But <laughs> the Bible says it. The it's Bible okay. says Come it. On. <laughs> but but here we are, 2017, and Christians have done this now to this text, these quotes of Jesus and, and the scholars of people who walked with him. Now we have people encroaching and creating. Well, you have to. Jesus says it's for everybody, but you have to do it like this mm-hmm. and. Uh, to end on this note now, Jesus did say, and I just, this is righteous, when I come back, there's going to be people who say my name mm-hmm. but will not recognize me. Hmm. And that's hmm. huge because the rabbis had the Messiah yeah. come. Yeah. And they were the ones waiting and seeking and praying and they had the practices down. Mm-hmm. And they rejected and murdered Jesus. And so I'm calling on that prophecy that Jesus said. Jesus was to walk into this American Christian culture. We'd be calling, you zealot. How dare you destroy my scripture? Like this is, this is how it's written. This is how it's said. And so that's my fear as we use scripture to keep people out from God's circle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean... I don't think you're speaking like directly to me, like about no, the commercial. No. I mean, you might be. I'm sorry. I'd love. I'd love to give you a response, but yeah. for time's sake. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fine. I think. <laughs> I think for the most part, I, I agree with you on uh, a lot. Of and so, I, I really hope that you join us for our next episode because we're going to be going more into this. Yeah. Um, this being a series, <laughs> uh, what is Christianity? And, and, and so today we really defined, or we did our best to define <laughs> what Jesus came for, and what was the main point of. I, you know, I'm just going to change this. We originally had worded, what's the main point of Jesus' movement? I think what we more talked about, what was the main point of Jesus' coming and and his purpose of being here? Mm-hmm. And so next episode, we're going to talk more about, um, with all that that we uh, just unpacked this episode, what are we to do with it in, 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 in terms of, like, for God, for other people, um, and so I hope you join us next time. Yeah. This has been Sitting at the Table with Eli Galan, Jesus Belchan, and Esteban Galan. And yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. Bye.